Welcome to Acoustic Conversations, everybody. Thank you for downloading. Uh, I'm Pete Wright. I'm Kurt. We're back. I know. It's been a nice little uh, summer. I say that as if as if it's been really nice not to see you. Well, you know, let's it's, not minimize that. It, it, no, we need to really make it as important <laughs> as it needs to be. Uh, how have you been? How's your couch been? It's still the same. It's it. been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the indentations have almost healed. It's been a, it's been a couple of a uh, couple of months. We took the summer off, uh, and we have no uh, good reason. Oh, we have for a that. great reason. Well, let me say this again: it wasn't planned. Lisa Forkish deserved it. She boy, she got a month of play, didn't <laughs> yes, she? she really More than did. a month of play out of her out of her hours on a while. Uh, so she will, she's being ousted. Yeah. Um, sorry, Lisa. Very You're gone sweet. Now. We love Lisa, but she left town and, and, uh, moved back to uh, Boston for a little while. Yeah. That's where she is, right? Yeah. Boston? She's finishing up at, uh, Berkeley college of music. This will be her last year. So yeah. any Boston listeners, make sure to go check out, uh, check out Lisa. Uh, but she's about to be ousted by a, uh, by a newcomer. To the ring. <laughs> I don't, a I newcomer like to us. Setting up an interesting grudge match here because right? <laughs> Lisa, you know, she's she's uh, she's small but tough, and uh, I don't know. I still think you could take her. She she took home the uh, the honors in the recent PSA uh, Songwriter of the Year contest. That's right? true. Did. Yeah, she's that's performing did. performing Songwriter of the performing, Year. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't really know, do you? Portland performing. P.S. You PSA. Got it. PSA. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, needless <laughs> to say, she's very talented, but she's out of here. She's old news. Yesterday's news. Uh, today's news is James Jeffrey West. Welcome to the show, James. Great to be here. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to sit down with us and Absolutely. bring your guitar and and uh, talk music with us. We're we're very excited to hear what you have to say, and because you are, well, uh, let me just say this: good, honest acoustic music. That's what I hear, or at least that's uh, that's what I wrote for my... It, it seems to be something that would be familiar to you. What does that mean? Uh, you know, uh, I was thinking a little bit on the way over, actually, that for me, <clears throat> the musicians that I like are the ones that sort of uh, feel like they're somehow tapping into the universe, like they're sort of taking the end of that guitar chord and plugging it into the, the ethos, and so... Uh, so for me, there's uh, you know there's a lot of folks that do that for me. I'm a big uh, you know Martin Sexton fan and uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Buddy Guy. I love a good Buddy Guy show. You know, completely unpredictable and spontaneous and sort of in the moment. So so that's uh, and that's it. That's good, honest acoustic for you. Good, honest acoustic. Yeah. Well, Jimi Hendrix, notwithstanding. <laughs> Uh, I find that, you know, I, I started doing some research on you and there's your, there's your bio. Your bio is really short. It is short. Maybe we'll expand on that. Today. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to learn a little, little bit more about you. So t- tell us, start off, tell us a little bit about where you, uh, where you come from. What are you, what are you, what are you made of? So, uh, well, I'm born and raised in Portland. I'm a, I'm a local native? guy. True native. Uh, went over to, there aren't uh, many of those anymore. No, uh-uh. no, it's unusual. It's unusual. My wife's a, a California gal. But uh, yeah, born and raised in Portland. Um, went to uh, University of Portland and Lewis and Clark College. Um, I'm a, a high school teacher in my spare time when I'm not uh, gigging around or <laughs> perhaps the other way around. Uh, we should so. have, have the principal on the show and see, <laughs> see, <laughs> see where that stands. She, uh, yeah, she doesn't have any spare time. <laughs> <laughs> All the better for your spare time. Yes. What, what, did, they, what did Oscar Wilde say when, uh, when your hobbies get in the way of... Uh, in the way of your work, that's that's one thing. But when they start getting in the way of each other, that's real trouble. <laughs> well, uh, 
So uh, you are a, how, you're a, a high school teacher. What do you mm-hmm. teach? I teach uh, humanities. So I teach English and history, and it kind of varies from uh, year to year. And so right now I'm teaching uh, ethnic studies over at uh, Leap High School, which is over on 20th and East Burnside. And uh, I've been there since, uh, since the school started, which has been real fun. Always a, kind of a roller coaster ride, but uh, always rewarding and um, just... Uh, amazing kids and amazing families and a, a really incredible group of, uh, of educators trying to do good things for, for kids who, uh, who appreciate good things. So, and they do. <laughs> so as a musician and a high school teacher, you, well, uh, t- take a step back. We saw you for the first time. I think you, you saw, this was the first time for you too at the uh, local lounge show, right? First time was seeing him performing. Uh, James and I have actually been to a couple of the songwriting workshops uh, here in town. There you go. And uh, so we've, we've heard each other's stuff a couple of times. And then we ended up, uh, we found out that we were playing at the, uh, at the same gig. And uh, we both performed the same night. That was the local lounge gig. Mm-hmm. The uh, the uh, speaking of Lisa Fork, the Lisa Forkish Invitational, right? Which is gig, now right? the Sam Wegman Invitational. The Sam Wegman Invitational, <laughs> uh, another good guy. The uh, the reason I st- take a step back is because that was the first time I certainly had seen you. Uh, very impressed. Thank you. Uh, and it was a fun night. It was a fun night. It was just a you know it's. It, that was a funny night, actually, for me. I was uh, at a board meeting for our school. I'm an ex officio board member, and uh, our board meetings go uh, go on and on, I think, like probably many do. And uh, I had something I really needed to present on behalf of some staff members. <laughs> so and, there you are, uh, tapping your feet. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and, and uh, you know, the, the board meeting started out. Our board chair said, we're going to have to wrap up by 7.15 because there's some folks that have some commitments. And so 7.15 came and went, and then 7.45 came and went. Oh, and I, I knew I needed to be on stage at 8.30 over at the local lounge. And uh, 8.05 came around, and I raised my hand and said, I've really got to share a few things, and then ran out the door. And so that's what I did, and I got to uh, the local lounge at 8.32, and I walked in the door, and Lisa Forkish had the microphone in hand and said, I'd like to introduce our next performer. <laughs> she was in the James process Jeffrey of introducing you. It was interesting, <laughs> I think. I, she actually st- I remember, though, she started before you got in the door, I think, because she was just having faith in the universe that you know you were already there. And so it was kind of like she made you coalesce. She's very interesting. <laughs> It was uh, it was impossible to have any nerves because uh, I walked in the door. You don't have time to be nervous, stage. right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, the when I found out, I think it was after your first or second song that you said you were a, you were a teacher by trade during the day. I thought, wow, you're the cool teacher. <laughs> you were you were that one. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, and this is kind of funny. When we opened our school. Uh, we were a school full of the cool teachers. We were the folks who had been sort of uh, uh, the the cool folks in other buildings. I mean, primarily the cool folks because uh, not because we were sort of uh, uh, making that the the goal, but because we, uh, uh, you know, we oftentimes were a place where kids could kind of be themselves and where where uh, you know the bottom line was kind of the 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 relationships and the learning but but sort of uh not uh not uh uh i'm the boss and and mm-hmm. you're the kid and yeah. so that was interesting we all got to sort of experience that dynamic uh the first year of going hey wait a second everybody's cool here what what does that make me or how does that work what do they call you <laughs> Mr. James. They call you Mr. James. They do. And that, that was not like a, a coolness thing. That was actually a sort of a staff decision. We, uh, we sort of pounded our, our, our brains out the first year and we wanted to do something less than 
formal but not totally informal. And so <laughs> it just um, shows you're not a really old student. Yeah, you there know. we go. <laughs> right, Mr. James. So everybody goes by Mr. First Name. Mm-hmm. Yep. The uh, what I'm what I'm really interested in is as we and, and maybe we'll do a song first, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this. The the uh, how how you see music as a part of your sort of Janus syndrome, you know, the sort of two sides of this mm-hmm. competing mm-hmm. sides of this career. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we start with a song? Sounds great. So uh, so I'll play a song that's. Uh, I think of it as just sort of a little ditty. It's, uh, it's, um, it's just sort of my, uh, I've got my guitar in my hand and I'm really, uh, happy and, uh, the universe has kind of, uh, blessed me. So, uh, so that's where this one came from. Lately, lately, lately Blessings I can't explain And daily, daily, daily More than I'd ever hope to gain Surrounded by friendly faces Every which way I go No way to pay it back, so I try to pass it on Sitting here and singing you this song Knowing, knowing, knowing Everything is in its place Enjoying, enjoying, enjoying this overabundance of grace Surrounded by friendly faces Every which way I go No way to pay it back So I try to pass it on Sitting here and singing you this song friendly faces every which way I go no way to pay it back so I try to pass it on sitting here and singing you this song is a great song yeah very happy optimistic simple I, song i know. had something really pithy to to say about it. it was gonna it was you know gonna be something far deeper than what i'm about to say which is man you got a mean whistle thank you <laughs> i don't get to break it out very often i mean you kind of have to write your own stuff if you, you want really? a whistle yeah. <laughs> there aren't a lot of you know you got sitting on the dock of the bay and yeah, uh, yeah. And, and sitting on the dock of the bay you yeah know, so. <laughs> That's an excellent so, point. You know, I've never really done the audit. 
<laughs> uh, that is a, where did that song come from? You know, actually, kind of an interesting story. There's a group, and I can never remember what the name is, but there's a there's a book that I picked up at Powell's called the Frustrated Songwriters uh, Source Book or Tool Book or something or other. And uh, the theory behind the book is that there's this group of guys in uh, L.A. that started getting together, uh, I think two of them to start with, and they would challenge each other to try to write uh, 20 songs in 24 hours. Uh, and so you sort of set the clock. And you could stay up as late as you wanted, or you could really crank for 16 hours or whatever you wanted to do. But then you had to show up the next day with as close to 20 songs as you could get, or potentially 20 songs. And they could be anything. And it was sort of uh, 90% quantity and 10% quality. But the idea was to sort of break out of that uh, part of the brain that says... Uh, well, that that was a good line, but not a great line, or I can, right. you know, um, and to try to kind of tap into that place where you're just just writing, and so uh, so I actually Portland's got a group, and it was funny when I showed up because I'd sort of followed all the rules, uh, uh, even though there really aren't any, but I'd followed all the rules in the book, and I showed up, and and they kind of had their own culture around stuff, and so they said, oh wow, you wrote you wrote, I think I actually I wrote that day, I got up early in the morning and I wrote all day and then burned it all the CD and ran off to share it with these folks. Um, and uh, and they had sort of written in weeks past and 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 recorded and and uh, there were even people who, you know, were moms or dads who sort of recorded for you know eight hours one day and another eight hours another day and uh, but I sort of uh, I did this extended chunk of time of writing and uh, and you know that one came out of it and there was a part of me that said you know okay now I'm going to go back and really sort of revise that one and polish it and and every time I went to do that I'd sort of play it first and I'd go you know something just feels really good about this. And I think it just, uh, maybe it just is. <laughs> well, it's, it, it is. I mean, it's sort of, it, it seems to me to, you know, when I, when I listen to it, it seems to reflect as, uh, you know, as briefly as we've known each other, it sort of reflects my first impression of you that, that somehow you're a guy who walks around with an understanding that goodwill just sort of makes good things happen. That be accurate? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. I actually, uh, you make me think about. I have a coworker who, uh, she's got uh, just the voice of an angel. She's she's she she's just got she's got pipes. I mean, she can really sing, and she's been doing uh, vocal lessons, and uh, and she's just starting to perform uh, for the first time, and uh, and uh, and she knows that I'm really kind of positive and, and pretty upbeat, you know. And so we got together and did a rehearsal so that she could come out and 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 perform with me at a show and we got done and I said that was just phenomenal that was so good you know she said I, I don't know what to take from that I don't know what that means from you you know <laughs> she said you're such a positive guy I mean you're excited about you're excited about everybody you know and I said no 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 really really it's sort of a curse <laughs> so so in poor Farah I uh I sent out I'm, I'm gigging tomorrow night over at Costello's and I sent out a uh a mailer to, to, um, you know, an emailer to all of my, my, my folks on my mailing list. And then I also sent one to people at work, you know, and, yeah. and, and it says, which is true. It says, you know, if you didn't catch Farrah last time, she really kind of brought the house down and it was, it was, in fact, I had to follow her and she was a hard actor because I mean, she came up, did a couple of songs with me and then left the stage. And I thought, Oh God, what am I going to do now? You know, <laughs> <To> be <alone. laughs> she'd been really good, you know? And, and so, uh, but anyway, uh, talk about putting the pressure on, you know, because she's reading the email and she's going, James, just just let me come out and perform. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to pump it all up and get raise the expectations right, so high. Right. So, uh. 
Well, uh, let's take a step back. I'm I'm really curious about this this uh, you what you got out of this songwriting uh, you know mission. Uh, did what did you uh, what did you learn out of that? I mean, do you find that um, uh, that songwriting comes easier as a result? Yeah, I think it was great. And you know, I met with um, Craig Carruthers uh, not too long ago. Uh, probably, well, I guess it's probably been a year now. Um, oh, that's the guy that I had a session with about the. Oh, Oregon. sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it was over in that so, apartment, kind of overlooking. Uh, that's the, the one. The city. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I met with uh, with Craig, and of course, he's a, a brilliant songwriter, and he did that. You know, the little Hercules song. That's uh, uh, it's just beautiful. You know, so well crafted. And and uh, I said, you know, I love I love songwriting, and. Uh, I've written some things that I really like and, and I write songs and, but I said, I just, I wish I was more prolific, you know? And, and uh, you know, and, and, and he said, well, write more, you know, <laughs> which, you know, which was <laughs> great advice, when I do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I think that's the thing, you know, I, I heard somebody say about meditation one time, you know, that uh, uh, you can meditate all your life, you know, sort of uh, hoping to be enlightened and, and that may or may not happen. Uh, uh, and he said, but, uh, but the more, the, the more, more you meditate, the more likely you are to get lucky, you know? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think the same thing's true of songwriting. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you sort of throw your, your, your line in the water and, and you keep kind of casting and, yeah. and out of that, you know, you get the ones that really, that really stick. So let me, let me, uh, zoom out even a little further. Like, uh, like kind of, how did you get started with the songwriting? Uh, when did you start considering yourself a songwriter? What, what made yeah. that happen? Yeah. yeah. I love that question because, uh, it is a funny thing, you know, for a long time, you're kind of this guy that plays guitar, this guy that uh-huh. sings or, you know, for a lot of years. And I, I actually, this is still true. I'm sort of the guy that at the uh, potluck pulls into a corner with his guitar and, if the stereo is going, I'm kind of listening and playing lead guitar along with it, you know, kind of accompanying, sure. you know, Ben Harper, whoever's coming through the stereo, um, or doing my own stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at some point, uh, I started to refer to myself as a songwriter. At some point I started to refer to myself as a, uh, as a musician, uh, uh, you know, probably five years ago, I started referring to myself as a professional musician, which, <laughs> which, uh, which is a, you know, it's a funny thing because, you know, part of me says, well, you know, I'm not doing it full time, but, but, uh, when I am doing it, it feels like, you know, I'm doing it professionally, you know, I'm writing songs and I'm playing gigs and I'm selling CDs and, and, um, playing weddings, which has been kind of fun sometimes i'll be out and about uh doing a show and someone will come up and say come uh come play my wedding and so i'll go uh i'll go play their wedding uh, that's nice that's 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 fantastic (laughs) it's quite a gift uh my great wedding story is actually i played a wedding out at uh at a mcminimans and um it's maybe not a great story but it's a good story or, or a fun story anyway and uh um you know i don't i don't have a problem with being sort of ambiance when that's the the intention, you know, sort of whether I'm being paid or not, you know, I mean, there are times where your job is to be ambiance. And, and there's, for me, there's something really fun in that too, because there's no, um, there's no pressure and I get to play all kinds of things I wouldn't normally play. I just kind of go to town and play all kinds of instrumentals that I've written that wouldn't necessarily fit in a kind of a regular gig. And, uh, anyway, I played for about a, a half an hour and, and pretty much all original material. And, uh, and then I sort of got the cue that it's going to be about five minutes and to, to sort of, slow down and stop the music and I, uh, I stopped playing and suddenly everybody applauded, <laughs> which seemed really, which is really wedding. odd at a wedding, yeah, but at I was wedding. really right. appreciative. <laughs> That's nice. I thought, wow. 
thanks guys <laughs> so, so what about uh like just kind of your i don't know like if you kind of drew a thumbnail what would you say were sort of your steps of professional development mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. over the years since getting yeah. started yeah so um i think that uh there have definitely been times where i've i've kind of um made a conscious decision that i'm ready to move to the next level or kind of do the next thing um you know i uh um I don't know. You know, the first gig I ever played was at a nursing home. It was my aunt's nursing home where she was a, uh, an activities director. And, uh, I played through a tiny little, um, uh, amp that had no reverb or anything on it. And, um, and, uh, I got about halfway through the first song and somebody, uh, walked up and, um, fell on my guitar oh, and, okay. uh, and I couldn't figure out what to do. So I kept playing <laughs> and, wow. uh, it turns out that was the right thing to do. And that's sort of, what I've done since then. I just keep playing whatever, yeah. uh, whatever happens. Um, so, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I figured out pretty quickly after getting out and doing some gigging that I really enjoy it. Um, it, I think it was a long time before I could, um, sort of, uh, enjoy it without, um, also feeling, uh, you know, kind of the anxiety that we all get being out and about performing. I mean, it was kind of fun to do enough gigs to, uh, uh, to kind of move beyond that into a place where I could kind of lose myself in, uh, in the music. Um, so I, you know, probably 10 years ago, I was gigging around town a lot with a flute player and with other folks, uh, Josh Butler, who, um, who I, I, uh, I haven't bumped into him for a while. I'm curious what he's up to. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess for me, some of my, um, some of the kind of milestones or the landmarks for me, uh, were, were times where I sort of said, I'm going to pick this part of my craft and I'm really going to sort of develop this and then mm-hmm. take it out into the world. And so, um, so probably like seven or eight years ago, I connected with a guy, Scott Noel, um, who used to live in Portland and now lives up in the, uh, I think the Orcas Islands and, uh, did vocal lessons with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just really a, a, a treat. And Scott was great for me because, um, he would ask me to do all kinds of things that made me terribly uncomfortable. And so I would sweat profusely during every lesson. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and I, for me, there's something that's more terrifying about sitting in front of one person than sitting in front of 30 or a hundred, you know, cause yeah. there's sort of this intimacy and there's this one person staring at you sort of waiting to see what you're going to do. And so that was always interesting. And that was great. Scott took me over to, uh, the park near his house, uh, when I was working on projecting my voice and he said, all right, play. And I'm going to walk away. And when I can't hear you anymore, I'm going to let you know. And then I'm going to have you sing louder and project more. So, um, so that was fun. So that was great. I did lessons, guitar lessons with Mark Hansen, who's a, just a brilliant finger style guitarist. Um, you know, I did, uh, I've been doing some lessons not too long ago with, uh, Mary, uh, flower who's, um, uh, just a genius on the guitar and, and plays wonderful uh, Piedmont blues and is played on like um, Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's great. You know, I, I think, you know, other moments for me have been around songwriting, around, you know, um, getting together with other songwriters and, and kind of sharing in that. Uh, so being a PSA member, um, I went to a great conference in uh, Santa Barbara and, uh, um, you know, the, the moment for me during that conference that really stuck with me was that Jack Tempchin, who wrote uh, Peaceful Easy Feeling for the Eagles, um, who, by the way, I almost didn't let in the door. Um, uh, I was working the door and uh, I uh, 
I didn't know who he was. I mean, I, you know, I mean, he's just looks like kind of an average Joe. And he said, no, 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 it's okay. I'm, I'm with the, you know, I'm with the band of one of the musicians. And so I let him in. And, but anyway, he played Peaceful Easy Feeling. And, and it was, a, you know, it was a room full of like 400 singer songwriters. And so you've got like three part harmonies sort of like sailing up into the rafters. Uh, but what was really cool is he said, you know, I want to play this new song. And, and, uh, and he played this new song. And, I had tears in my eyes and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And somehow in that moment, I realized that, wow, the people that really do this well, somehow they're figuring out a way to really sort of connect all the dots and really connect with other people. Uh, the first time out, it's not, you know, uh, and, and for me that just kind of blew my mind. I thought, wow, you know, this isn't like a song that grew on me or that has a history for me or that, you know, it was a song that I heard for the first time. And I thought, it's just incredible. Hmm. How uh, how do you know when one of your songs is finished? Well, you know, I think uh, there's probably three ways. You know, one one is that uh, that I feel like it's finished. You know, I kind of can't keep pl- can't quit playing it. It feels really good. Uh, I'll play you guys a song tonight that's actually probably not finished, but it's got that feeling to it. I sort of uh, I play it, and then I go, you know, I just I want to play that first part again, and I play the first part which then the rest of the song follows and I get done and I'm still kind of picking around on the chords and I start singing again and I run through the whole song again. And, you know, I, I think the other thing is just bringing it out, you know, bringing it out and playing it and hearing what people have to say about it, getting, um, you know, getting, uh, uh, that perspective on it. And, you know, for me, uh, there was actually a song, uh, that I'll, I'll play for you guys later that that's called Sacramento International, which is after the airport that it was written. And it's an instrumental piece. And, I really liked it, and I played it out a few times, uh, or, or maybe quite a few times, and, and always sort of enjoyed it and liked it, but never was quite sure what folks thought of it, you know, never really heard anything about it. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to play it out a little less, you know. And, and uh, so I didn't play it out. This was in Nottingham, England. And afterwards, this guy Tommy, who was a, a, a really great uh, electric guitarist, uh, came up, and he said, I was so disappointed that she didn't play that instrumental song, you know. And uh, so I played it. In every gig that I played the rest of the time, I lived in Nottingham. And uh, so that was a great moment. And then, you know, I, th- I think the other way is, I, you know, I take it over to uh, the Portland Songwriters Association folks. We get together once a week on a Saturday, on the third Saturday over at uh, the, the Buffalo Gap. And we sit in a circle and we play our stuff. And, you know, um, and it, you know, it's the thing that I tell my students, you know, that, that uh, the difference between, a, uh, you know, a good story or a good poem or a good song and a great one is oftentimes getting that feedback, you know, and the, and the difference between a great one and an excellent one or a memorable one is the same thing. It's bouncing it off of other folks and mm-hmm. getting that feedback and, and making those tiny little changes. So I was living in Nottingham, England, and, uh, uh, and I, couldn't, I couldn't find work. I couldn't find teacher work. I mean, it's hard when you're going there for nine months, and I'm a history teacher, and I, I you know, I don't know squat about English history because... I'm an American, and by and large, we don't know squat about anybody else except for, you know, America. Although having a history degree, I had had some background, but uh, <laughs> I didn't find a job. Um, and as I'm fond of, of saying, uh, I took a sabbatical, which isn't really true, but it sounds better. And uh, so I took this uh, this nine months off, and I, I spent my mornings songwriting and my afternoons recording and my, my evenings out uh, gigging. And, um, and Nottingham's fun. Nottingham's got this uh, great... Uh, Old Market Square, which is kind of in the middle of everything. And uh, so that's the title of this song, The Old Market Square. And, and uh, these are kind of my, uh, my observations from A Night on the Town.
Make a coin and beep of card. Diesel hum and breaks it hard. Unchained melody from four old drunks. Sex pistol patches on iPod punks. This overworked driver's gonna give us a scare. It's the last bus from the old market square. Black of night by fluorescent light. The opening doors put trash in flight. And a short, short skirt tells a sad, sad tale of innocence lost and early betrayal. Now cell phone babble for all to share. It's the last bus from the old market square. Bobbing between my feet We take this journey sharing a seat And I am lost in thoughts of this past night Dreaming of the future With fingers crossed tight and now a drunk uni student has found he's a man Cause he can pick on mind and body and Still stand in this strange sterile light Where we're all on display A traveling circus at the end of the day United we ride to part when we're there We're the last bus from the old market square Good, I flubbed a chord. I've got that out of the way now. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I needed to do that at some point. I couldn't yeah. decide right. where. You, you might as well, yeah, just get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have, I was listening to that uh, song on the way over. Nice. This evening. Yeah. And I thought um, that you were talking about Portland for some reason. It would totally it work. Would It would work. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? Except we don't call it uni here. We no, call it that's... going to the university. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, that's a funny song because... Um, it's all true, you know. Uh, the 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 unchained melody from four old drunks. There were four guys on the bus. Yeah, I mean it's a great line because it sort of describes their singing, but they actually were singing unchained, unchained melody. melody. Mm-hmm. And, and the bus and the, driver and I were kind of looking. You know, he was yeah. looking in the mirror, and we were looking at each other, kind of chuckling. You know, and the Sex Pistol patches <laughs> Sex on the pistol. iPod pumps. Yeah. That's a fantastic yeah. Uh, image. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about truth. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on it? In songwriting, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you uh, do you find that you have a songwriter persona who has adventures of his own accord, or do you tend to to write from your own experience? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I I um, 
I, I guess I suspect that at some point I will branch out and sort of maybe do the the Randy Newman thing of of sort of inhabiting these other folks. Um, maybe I mean I, I I don't know. I'm sort of fascinated by that and impressed by that by by songwriters who do that. I think. Um, I think it's. I think that's part of the sort of good, honest acoustic music for me. It's not that I feel like I can't. In fact, I, I've got a song that I'd love to play later that I wrote about my dad and uh, talks about him being 19 and he was probably actually like 22 at the time. So, so a little a, a little lie in there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the ages uh, they have to rhyme. The ages they, have, they to have to rhyme. rhyme. Yeah, 19 and, and 22. From sort there. Of. <laughs> So, yeah, I heard Dan Lowe say at one point, uh, don't, you know, don't let the truth get in, get in the way of a, of a, good, of a story good story or a good song, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that uh, I think that when I write, I'm trying to capture uh, the story, but not in the sense that um, not in the sense that I'm trying to tell it exactly like it was, but I'm trying to put someone there, uh, if that makes sense. And sometimes putting someone there is a little different than sort of a blow by blow with every, you know, with every detail being accurate. But, uh, but, you know, I do tend to, um, you know, folks who, who I really dug seeing kind of early on were like Ani DeFranco, who it sort of felt like when you went to see Ani DeFranco play, you were seeing Ani DeFranco, you know, it was Ani DeFranco sort of bearing her soul on stage. And there was something I really appreciated about that, about kind of feeling like I left this show, uh, knowing her better, you know, and I, I, uh, I think we all sort of, when we step on stage to a certain extent, we sort of put on our, like our rock star hat the same way that I go to school and put on my teacher hat. But, um, but I like to feel like I bring a big part of me or like maybe it's just a, uh, sort of an amplified version of me or a magnified version of me, but, but it's really essentially me kind of telling stories and, you know, if you haven't figured out by now, I can. I can tell stories and talk and go on and on. <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm interested in your Ani DeFranco illusion uh, there um, yeah. uh, for for a number of reasons, but mostly because I, I am a big fan of Ani DeFranco. Nice. I'm curious what you, yeah. uh, um, you know, when, when you perform what you get out of carrying a little bit of Ani DeFranco in you. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's, a, and there's, I mean, you think of, uh, you know, I, I, I caught you uh, doing steamroller. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Little James Taylor. And, you bet. and, uh, and so there's a piece of James Taylor mm-hmm. and a piece of mm-hmm. Ani DeFranco. And, yeah. and what do yeah. you get out of these people for whom you are a fan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you carry with you? You know, I think for Ani DeFranco, she's just such an incredible performer. And, uh, you know, it's funny, a couple of the things I really appreciated about Ani DeFranco that I think I've sort of brought into my uh, my uh, my live work. I mean, one is just the storytelling, you know, uh, and I, I, I loved it how she'd be kind of playing the chords that were going to be the song, and you knew the song was coming, but she was sort of talking to you about the song or about something else. Oh, or, it's just mesmerizing. Uh, it, it is. It really is. It really is. And so... I, uh, you know, I lifted that from her and, and sort of worked it into my own, um, my own routine. And I, I think that, um, you know, for me, there's a continuity that comes from that. There's a, there's a kind of, um, there's a, uh, uh, it's not sort of stopping and starting. It's that, it's that everything is a part of the, um, I want to say show, but I, but I feel like that almost feels a little artificial, you know, cause it feels like when things are really magical, uh, there's just sort of this, experience of connecting with people and sort of sharing in this in this um uh in this music and so uh so i uh, i always loved that about ani defranco that that um it just felt like you were kind of hanging on her every word whether she was talking about sort of uh 
you know, the terrible food at the hotel that morning or whether she was talking about, uh, you know, global politics, uh, you know. The other thing that I always got to kick out of with Ani DeFranco uh, that I kind of miss is that uh, she'd also be telling these great stories while she was retuning her guitar, you know. And, uh, of course, now she's got a guitar tech who comes scrambling out onto stage and throws with, it over with her, her shoulder. her second and, and third guitar. Uh, you know, in all these alternate things. tunings. And, yeah. You know, and as a guitar player, too, it was fun to watch her tune her guitar because, you know, I used to go and try to get really close. I'd get you know, sort of front row or I'd be standing, you know, standing with my hands on the stage. And then I'd be like taking mental notes, like, okay, both hands, that looks like a, a C and then an A minor and then a G, you know, and then I'd, I'd, you know, run home and, and sort of go, okay, I know that one was in standard tuning. And, right. and, uh, you know, it was before, uh, before you could find quite as much of that on the internet where you could just sort of go online and find anything by anybody and sure. get, get the tab for it. it. It seems to me that, you know, when we, talk to songwriters who come through this show, um, there's always a bent one way or the other. They either needed to write music mm-hmm. or they needed to play for people. Mm-hmm. And one feeds the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious because of sort of where you are as, as a professional now five years running, professional musician uh, and, and a teacher. What is it that, that feeds you? Is it, the, is it the music creation or do you just need to play? I, I have never heard anyone describe it that way. And, and actually, uh, I need to play. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm like, oh, I need to play. Oh, <laughs> look, thanks, stage. Th- thanks, Pete, what, for, for clarifying for that for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it's actually the last few years I've realized that, um, that, uh, uh, I've really pushed myself around the songwriting because that means I get to get out and play those songs for folks, you know, and, and, and for me, that's what really where the fire comes from around the songwriting um, is, is feeling like, like I, I really want to work with this so that it connects, you know, because I want to get out and I want to share it with folks. Mm-hmm. Where is it that you like to go in town when you have a new song and you want to go debut it for the first time? Right here. <laughs> this is a good idea. Right? This is what we like to see. That's right, right here. Which I thought was incredibly bold and maybe a little foolhardy, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I I think any wherever I'm playing, mm-hmm. you know, wherever I'm playing, and and you know, so uh, or, or my wife, you know, is a good place. Um, but uh, but you know, I just kind of get them out there. I sneak them in, you know, wherever I'm playing at. Uh, sure. um, but there, I wouldn't say there's any one place in particular. I'm trying to think if I've written other songs about my father. Probably none that are quite as, uh, uh, you know, at least maybe today, quite as close to my uh, my heart. Uh, my my dad was a conscientious objector uh, to the Vietnam War, and uh, so he um, he uh, he wrote the government, and he said, uh, "I want to get CO status," you know, um, and he actually said, uh, he said, uh, you know. Uh, Make me a fire, fireman or something like that. And they said, well, we can't make you a fireman. If we did that, everybody would want to be a fireman. That's too easy, you know. Yeah. So they, uh, they sent him out to Damage Hospital, which, uh, which I, you know, I feel like that closed for a while, maybe opened back up again. But it was the state mental hospital. And, um, and so they sent him out there to work for two years. And, uh, and that's actually where he met my mom. And I feel like there's a part <laughs> of that story that I'm getting wrong, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, wow. but, uh, but anyway, I, I, uh, uh, well, Craig Crothers said, write more. He said, journal every day and then write more. And so I sat down one day and I had this book full of journal prompts and I opened one of them up and it said, pick your mom or your dad and make a list of, of stuff, you know? And so that was sort of where, you know, I flipped a coin and my dad came up Yeah, literally, you know, I flipped a coin and my dad came up and, uh, and so this song kind of came out. When I was just a young boy, well, my daddy came to me. 
Said I love you, sunny boy, no matter what you choose to be. You might be a firefighter or my Wall Street selling son. I just got one request: it's that you don't pick up a gun. 'Cause ain't no good gonna come. Ain't no good gonna come. Ain't no good gonna come from that gun. He said I'd like to tell a story from when I was just 19. Well, I sat and wrote a letter 'cause there weren't no in between. I told him they could send me to the fields of Vietnam. I gladly carry a stretcher, but I won't. Pick up a gun, 'cause ain't no good gonna come. Ain't no good gonna come. Ain't no good gonna come from that gun. Apart from the obvious that song,、uh, what role do your folks have in you as a musician? You know, you come from a、um, musical background. No,、say. no,、um, and uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, sorry, Dad.、Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to share a few things here.、Uh, so、um, no, you know, it was interesting.、Um, I.、Uh, I'm trying to think how to explain it exactly. I, I had to tiptoe around a little bit、uh, when when I was、uh, when I was a kid. There was a little bit of an expectation around that, you know, and、uh, and so it's interesting, you know, for me in a way,、um, my、uh, my dad played this role around my my、uh, musicianship where, in some ways, it was a little bit of an escape from that tiptoeing around. It was sort of like saying to the world, like. Here I am, <laughs> and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to sing loudly, you know, and、uh, and I, you know, I think too,、um, you know,、um, my dad tended to be someone who was、um, uh, fairly private and fairly careful about kind of、um, who he was to the outside world,、um, and so、uh, I think that for me, I took on a lot of that and kind of carried that forward and. And doing the music was kind of a way of saying, like,、um, "Hey, there, world! I'm just going to be naked 
Like, here I am, you know, I'm not going to, you know. I mean, for as much as, as we sort of craft our songwriting and kind of uh, really work on presenting it just the way we want to the world to hear it, at the same time, I think that there's something about singing and playing that, I mean, there's a vulnerability. There's a, there's a taking a chance. There's a, uh, you know, a singing out for the world. And so, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was part of my experience. So, I mean, you know, I, did, I didn't pick up the guitar until I was, was 17 and, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't sing in front of other people for a couple of years. I, I sort of locked myself in my bedroom and, and, uh, you know, I didn't have a sense of what my voice sounded like or what other people would think of it. And God forbid I played for anybody and they said they weren't crazy about it. You know, I think I would have just died at the time. So there's this interesting transition then uh, from from that point. And, and as somebody who needs to play, yeah. uh, I, I wonder how you learned to handle feedback. Particularly as yeah. somebody who, who yeah. you know, is frequently at mm-hmm. these songwriting workshops. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bury your soul yeah. in the locked yeah. room and come out and somebody says, you know what, let me tell you what sucks about yeah. that. Yeah, you bet. You how bet. Do, how do you, uh, how yeah. do you turn that part yeah. of you around? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I say to my students, if you want to get good at golf, play a lot of golf. If you want to get good at writing, do a lot of writing. And, you know, I think if you want to get good at taking feedback, um, put yourself in a position where you're going to get a lot of it, you know. And, and I, you know, I, I think for me, too, that there came a point where it was more important to me to improve my craft than it was to um, hear good things about my craft, you know, uh, because we're always going to be able to play for our girlfriends or spouses or, you know, I, I play at school, I'll play for my students, you know, and, and, um, and we're always going to have this, this sort of close circle that's really going to appreciate what we do. And that's going to say, you know, why aren't you out in the world being a rock star and recording with a major label and doing all this stuff? And there's something really fun about that. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, there's something really wonderful about, about, you know, being a small fish in a big sea, you know, and, and I, I think for me, I try to find that sweet spot where, where, uh, I don't go home totally deflated, but I go home inspired to really, uh, return to stuff, you know, cause I think that, that, um, you know, I mean, just for me personally, I mean, there've been times where I'll go, uh, maybe even just go see a show and somebody's so good that I just, I'm, you know, it's like, I, I just need to go home and smash my guitar. I mean, I'm never going to be that good. I mean, just right. forget it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I mean, I think that's also sort of the music musician's brain, you know, whatever you're doing, you're watching someone else and you're going, they are so good. What am I going to be good like that? And yeah. at some point I just realized I need to be good at playing what I play and doing what I do. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't need to be good at being Ani DeFranco cause she's already great at that, you know? Um, Martin Sexton's already great at being Martin Sexton, you know, but if I can be really good at being James Jeffrey West, then, you know, then I think I'm probably doing all right. <laughs> so what about uh, next steps? What do you, uh, you feel like you have kind of goals of, you know, what, maybe not necessarily what you'd like to do next or like what, what you'd like to be next or how you'd like to improve next, things yeah. like that. Yeah. What's your roadmap? You know, I think that's an interesting question, you know, speaking broadly. And I mean, I, I can't exactly speak for other musicians, but I but I think that it's an interesting time to be a musician because I think that goal setting, it's like the landscape is changing so much so fast that yeah. it's almost like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to set goals with this moving target, you know, because the Internet has sort of opened up this whole world of being able to really put yourself out there. Um, you know, Ani DeFranco sort of, uh, I think paved the way, at least in terms of, of, uh, inspiring a lot of people to, to kind of the do it yourself. Uh, you know, you can kind of, um, I actually, I hung out with a guy, uh, James, um, 
Matic from the band Wood, and I don't think they're around anymore, but they had opened for Train some, and they were on, I think, Sony. And uh, um, I caught him one night, and my wife and I ended up hanging out with him a little bit. And he said, you know, you can either write a hit song and get picked up by a label, or you can tour like mad and sort of build a fan base, you know, across the country. And um, that was sort of his take on it, you know. Um, but I think the touring like mad thing, I mean, that's that's kind of a new deal, you know, in the last, you know, maybe 10 or 15 or 20 years, you know. And, and uh, so, I, you know, I'm making a, a short story long, but I think for me, in the midst of all of that sort of changing, you know, there was a time where I really thought... Uh, I want to get on a label. I want to get on some small local label that's going to sort of put my stuff out there and appreciate me and give me some new venues and sort of uh, stuff like that. And I, I've talked with folks about that. You know, I talked with Craig Carruthers some, and I think he's not on a label right now. And he said, you know, it's really pros and cons, you know. And he, so it was funny. I mean, one of the things that he was impressed with was I handed him my CD and he said, wow, this is like really good cover art. Like you really did a nice job of like making this, you know, which I had done myself. And he said, you know, and he actually looked at that specifically and he said, I don't really think you need a label, you know, like you kind of got your own thing here. Just just do your thing, like keep going, you know. And, and uh, so, I, you know, I think some of the, the goals I have and some of the questions I've been asking myself, um, you know, are kind of like, um, what are the parts of this that really bring me joy and what are the parts of it that I want somebody else to do, you know. So like one thing is like. I want disc makers to make all my CDs from now on. I do not want to be using the paper cutter and the CD burner and the, you know, because the CDs look beautiful. I mean, they really come out good and I love it. And it's eight pages and it's glossy photos and I feel like a rock star. Um, but it takes me forever, you know, and I'm selling them for 10 bucks and like, like I feel like I put about $20 worth of labor into each one of them, you know? Um, and so, uh, so there's a little bit of that, but you know, specifically, um, I'd love to be uh, uh, I'd love to be writing and recording uh, a new album about every year or year and a half. I mean, in terms of, of goals, I think that would be great. I'd like to be producing more material. Um, I really want to grow as a songwriter. Uh, I want to continue to grow as a songwriter. Continue to kind of put myself in positions where uh, where I'm getting feedback and also where I'm hanging out with folks that are just phenomenal, you know, and that that uh, make me want to continue. Um, I'm really uh, kind of intrigued by the idea um, of, uh, of doing some touring, you know, and I know that folks are, are kind of, um, I've had people contact me on MySpace and say, um, I want to do a tour and I want to come through Portland. Will you help me find a, a venue where we can share, where we can share a gig? And um, it's cool. I mean, there's a lot more opportunities like that. And so um, I think for me, um, part of what I like about being a musician is that I love playing music and I love being in front of a room full of people playing music, but I also feel like um, there's a part of me that just loves being a part of that world. You know, um, we did a benefit concert last year for our school and um, Steve Berlin from Los Lobos uh, helped host it and invited musicians and he got Peter Buck from REM to come out and um, a lot of really famous and gifted people. Um, Alec Allensworth from Clap Your Hands Say Yeah. And, uh, and I got there uh, early and sort of got to, you know, thank folks for coming out and doing this, you know, and there was just something really fun about being behind the scenes and watch people, watching people do a sound check and, and kind of, you know, uh, hanging out with the, with the magic. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, talk a little bit more practically about, uh, what's next for, mm-hmm. uh, for you. Where, yeah. where are you, uh, where are you gigging, uh, right now? Where can people come find you? So uh, I gig about every six weeks at Costello's, Costello's Travel Cafe, and um, that's over uh, kind of in the Lloyd Center area. So it's uh, 2222 uh, Northeast Broadway. Um, And, uh, you know, I really like that spot. Um, uh, Chris, who owns it, Chris Costello, is just a nice, nice guy. And it's um, it's got fun acoustics and and a nice vibe and good pizza. And 
and all of that stuff. Uh, for a while, I think I used to have this idea that the harder it was to get in somewhere and the worse I was treated, the more desirable it was to be there to kind of prove that, you know, and, uh, you're, you're gritty <laughs> or sort of Is like, there any place you can play I've, behind a cage, I've, you know, or that I've earned my spot there, you know, I was like, Oh, that was really hard to get in there. They don't, they, they don't let everybody in, you know? And so, you know, I played in a lot of places where I was like, it wasn't that cool. And the people that came out to see me weren't that impressed with the venue, yeah. but everybody wants to play there. and It's hard to get in there. And somehow that seemed really great. You know, it turns and, out the and, owners uh, are just jerks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely. Know, and so, I, you know, I like to play places where people appreciate me, where yeah. people are, are, you know, kind and generous and where, where I can really appreciate the venue. And so, um, so lately I've been doing a lot of Costellas. I gig down at uh, coffee time down on uh, North uh, West uh, 21st. Sometimes um, I've been gigging, gigging over to new farmer's market, the Irvington farmer's market. Um, I love doing the PSA stuff. You know, I'll get out for some of those things. Um, and then just kind of odds and ends. I need to get over to the, uh, the, what is it? The nine muses and, and, uh, you know, people are always kind of talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I just heard about that uh, recently. Yeah, yeah. And they, they sort of do their open mic. And then if you do well at the open mic, they invite you back for a gig. And then if you do well at that, you can sort of get in the running to win some money. And um, so I think that would be cool because, you, know, you know, again, part of what I'm trying to do is, is sort of be in the running to win some money in the sense that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sort of like getting my stuff out there. I'm getting feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm finding out that uh, I was in the running, but I didn't make it. So, okay, good. Well, that's cool. I know, I know that I can go back and continue to kind of hone my craft, you know, and, and uh, uh, keep kind of plugging along. And, and uh, so. And in the meantime, you've got one CD. I do. Right? I do. Uh, you know, I've, I've recorded other CDs, but this is really sort of the one that I sell. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now for the record that six months from now, I'd like to have another CD. So there we go. It's been, it's been recorded. It's been put out into the universe. Uh, The the songs are there. I just need to record them and then uh, kind of work on production. And uh, people can find that. I know I found it on iTunes, which is where uh-huh. I find everything. Yep. But uh, I assume it's uh, CD Baby. It's everywhere CD else. Baby, iTunes, iTunes. Uh, and, and truly everywhere else. Uh, uh, you could it's, possibly um, be. You know, and for the musicians out there, um, most of you probably already know this, but uh, you get on CD Baby and then they do this magnificent job of connecting you without really any work on your part with all of these other places that will sell your music. And so I'm on Rhapsody and I'm on bit monk and i'm on you know i think people can like the do zoom store i'm sure and, um mm-hmm. myspace and i don't think i know the zoom store but the zoom store zoom yeah microsoft oh. zoom you know their little the also ran ipod nice oh, no see, no no I'm, 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 you've proven your point that you know like someone i proved my point that, that nobody is is uh, enjoying my little uh, techno funk uh layabout talk here uh, well, I, I, the uh, the CD is terrific, uh, and uh, it's just been a, a joy to listen to over the last uh, couple of uh, weeks as we've been waiting to record here. Just out of curiosity, where did you find it? Oh, iTunes. Okay, it's nice. where I it's where I live. <laughs> I, that's where I start. Nice. Uh, nice. And now your website, jamesjeffreywest.com. dot mm-hmm. and uh, your uh, last update on the website, I think, was. April. <laughs> that may be the case. <laughs> so I went uh, looking for your life story in a blog, and I found, hey, it's April. <laughs> All right. But so, there is so lots no, of good information. Self, uh... <laughs> uh, there is lots of, of good information about where to find you, and and uh, um, uh, boy, we are, are certainly just uh, lucky to have you sit down with us. Today. Thank you so much. I uh, thank you. It's it's uh, you know I uh, uh, Kurt. 
Kurt told me about the possibility and sent me to the website. And uh, it's just, it's really beautiful. You know, I mean, talk about a real celebration of, uh, of songwriting. And, you know, I just was so impressed. And, like and then of course, tight. and then of course, I got a little nervous, you know, yeah. which is good. And oh, then wow. you that one these guys chord. are these guys are so good, you know. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> well, it is. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's uh, really. We're very grateful to to have the kind words. Thank you very much, and and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, do we have now? I, we always uh, mess this part up. Um, we have something to some updates. Do we have any updates? No, no updates. But you can join us on uh, our Twitter. And what is our Twitter account? <laughs> That's I don't know if I even remember the password. I think it's AC Convo. AC Convo at Twitter. Twitter.com yep. slash AC Convo. We are on, uh, uh, we're on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. Become a fan. Join uh, the group. Become a fan. Join the group. I think we're going to be moving more toward the fan page. The group cool. page is tiresome. Okay. I'm, I think I'm done with that. Okay. So we're going to be doing the fan. I'm going to get the fan page up to date. And uh, the website, obviously, uh, AcousticConversations.com. And the most important besides the mailing list <laughs> is iTunes subscribe to this show if you if you don't know uh, how this works we release the uh, episodes and each individual track from each episode in our iTunes feed so just search for us in uh, in iTunes uh, search for acoustic conversations you will find us and you can download all the tracks that we record and the show and if you feel so inclined they, you know, drop us a positive uh, review on there because if uh, you feel like you're getting really good music out of this and want other people to hear the music which we know you do then uh the positive reviews will help that get hyped out through the vast itunes machine uh so uh thank you for joining us and uh, and with that uh, on behalf of the lovely and talented kurt siffert uh and uh the uh ruggedly handsome and talented james jeffrey west uh i'm pete wright this has been acoustic conversations thanks for listening